excited to welcome in our first guest, Dr. Anil Parwani. He is the vice chair for anatomic pathology at The Ohio State University. And he is also leading a one of the first fully digital pathology programs in the country. So really excited to hear his insights today about how that all got started. Dr. Parwani, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I'm excited to speak to you about all the cool things that are happening in digital pathology today. And we want to start with how did you get started in digital pathology? Why did you decide to dedicate your career to this exciting new field? Yeah, so when I started working as a resident and when I looked at all the different possibilities of with, that pathology has to offer in terms of variety of surgical pathology slides and gram stains and everything else, it was very clear to me that we are dealing with a specialty which is very image rich, image centric. And at that time, the first generation of scanners were starting to come out. It was first starting to look at remote microscopy and pap stains were becoming more automated. So I remember getting my first smart device was a Palm Pilot and uh, started experimenting with it, started building checklists and taking images, started a digital pathology collection of images of all kinds of kidney cancers and prostate cancers and started building a, a data set which we could then share for teaching and education. We weren't really using these tools for primary diagnosis at that time, but it really sparked my interest into getting into this field. It was at its infancy at the time. How long ago was that? Yeah, I mean, I think when I was working with Giovanni at uh, Hopkins as a fellow, we, we used to put together, put out a surgical pathology unknown conference there. And it was based on getting good images from surgical pathology specimens and starting a, starting a, a, a case uh, list for residents to review. And then this led for me to started thinking about my next job. And I really wanted to work in pathology, bringing all these new technologies together. And uh, informatics was a hot area at the time. And my first job, fortunately, was in Pittsburgh, um, where there was a large focus on pathology informatics. And one of the first scanner which was built for commercial purposes was built by Dr. B. Sitch and his lab. It was called Interscope, which was then acquired by Tressel. And it became really a place to really start looking at new scanning technologies and building on it. So I find it really interesting, Dr. Parwani and Giovanni, that you two were together earlier in your career at Hopkins. And now you're back together again at Ohio State and all these years have passed. And, you, and now you've built this terrific program at Ohio State. Did you guys have some of these, did you guys have this vision for what the program would look like back in the day when you were at Hopkins together and now just have the tools to, to put it together? How did that all, how has how the time, how did it, how, how has that worked since the, the times passed and we have new tools now? Let me intervene because my, I'm pretty much new into the game. Back then I had no much interest in technology. Uh -huh. In fact, I always consider myself like 
I wasn't very good. I always, you know, kept an old phone and all those kind of things. And I was impressed with the people at Hopkins, the way they were kind of avant-garde and everything. And uh, Dr. Pawani and I, yes, we were co-fellows. We shared the same office. But we have very different interests at that point. And we were in very different elections. However, we stay in touch. I remember we studied together for the pathology boards. I think that was a, an unbreakable bond. That's some <laughs> of the fellows at that time we built together. We used to eat one jar of M&Ms. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> I remember that's where I, that's where yeah, I, but, but I think I think over the years we stayed in touch. And I remember I think there was one in time when I was going to a meeting and Giovanni was going to the same meeting and our flights got canceled and we ended up staying in Dallas for the night. And I, I didn't realize that Giovanni was actually going to attend the meeting that I was going to. And after he discovered some of the cool things happening, he was drawn to the field and he has become an invaluable partner at Ohio State to make things happen. So I'm really glad he came to the Buckeye State and he's going to see his first football game soon, live. <laughs> yeah, I just moved here not too long ago and it's been, I mean, it wasn't the greatest time to move, obviously. Uh, but, but you know, it's, it's a lot of things are happening and I'm very, very excited, thrilled to be here. Anyway, it's not the, the uh, after we met, this was like two years ago, a little bit, I think it was at the end of 17, I think. I followed very closely, not all digital pathology, computational pathology, the whole revolution. Uh, and of course, Anil just kept uh, popping up everywhere. His name was everywhere. And uh, so I stay in contact with him. He went to visit a couple of times to the, my own work, my own. Uh, I, I was in a large commercial lab. And from then, you know, the opportunity came for me to come here to work with him. And a lot of things are happening here at Ohio State, but I, do, I don't want to talk about that. I want to let him talk about that. All the, everything that's going on here, the plans and everything. Yeah, Tell us about where, it. Yeah, I think that's where we should go next is because you, Dr. Parwani, when you started at Ohio State, you know, one of the things you wanted to do was create a more like a fully digital program. How did, how did, that, all, how did that all get started? Yeah, I think, uh, so I was lucky because when I was looking at uh, my next job, I wanted to really go to a place which was very forward thinking, very futuristic about the possibilities. And it really started with the cancer program here. They wanted to put together a, one of the largest collection of cancer slides and make it available for research. And when they started to explore the possibilities, they realized that it would actually make sense to make this like radiology where pathologists are actually doing their work on monitors and their digitized slides are available to them for cancer uh, diagnosis. So it started with a cancer program, but it gelled into and evolved into a full end-to-end -end digital program. So we really had to find a way to create a throughput of 2,000 slides, 3,000 slides, to be scanned per day and that was unrealistic at the time you know like the first scanner was not even approved by the fda for primary diagnosis so it took a lot of uh, leadership it took a lot of uh, 
decisions by the C-suite to invest in it, lot, took a lot of effort by on the ground technicians and technologists and IT personnel, administrators who came together to make this happen. We launched the program to do a retrospective scanning of uh, slides from our archives. We linked every single slide to the lab information system via barcoding. You know, when we first started, we had no barcoding. You know, without barcoding, you cannot do high throughput scanning. So we had to fix that. We had to get an interface built between the lab information system and the image management system. So once we were able to do that, when we were able to achieve the throughput that we needed, pathologists got excited, you know, so I was the first pathologist to sign out a case uh, for primary diagnosis, but very soon, you know, when people walked into my office, they saw how easy it was to review images from the past cases, or how easy was it to, you know, just consult anyone in real time who had access to a monitor. It became really, the adoption started to increase. And then we were able to recruit some pathologists from outside who came to Ohio State just to get involved with digital pathology projects and start signing out digitally. So I think the last two years, we've seen an increase in our adoption. We started with less than 1%, one scanner, no barcoding to where we are today, where we have almost 70% pathologists who are using digital slides for clinical work, almost 100% pathologists who are using it for something other than you know, either tumor boards or research or QA. Multiple staff are using slides, images for instead of slides to you know, choose the best block for research or choose the best slide for QA. You know, like I can press a button and I can consult Joani, I can consult colleagues in GI or Dermpath in real time and uh, also compare prior cases. Like this morning, I had a case that I reviewed from a patient in Wyoming in real time. You know, like these things happen because we've created a culture of uh, technology awareness here. We've created a culture of everyone's adoption and willingness to learn and implement these technologies. So it's not me, it's just everyone around me that makes it happen. Like I just, I was able to bring the resources here, but now people are actually bringing more resources, more ideas. So it's really taking, it's, it has a life that has taken off, you know, by itself, you know, like people are really, really excited to be here. I, I think there's a lot of departments around the country that can learn from what you guys have been doing at Ohio State. If you had to give one piece of advice to um, pathology department leaders around the country, if they want to start a program to go fully digital, where where should they start? I think the best way to start is go small and go think of a small use case that's going to help your pathologist, your lab, your, your whole workflow, where one small thing will make it easier, like maybe doing frozens remotely, or maybe reading transplant biopsies remotely, or maybe doing consultation for your community hospital. Once you have a group of pathologists who are engaged and excited, it takes on, you know, it takes on like a rapid wildfire, you know. <laughs> I don't want to compare it to wildfire on the West Coast, but, but that's what I mean. It's really showing a group, a small group of people that this technology actually works. You can actually get your work done. I mean, it's never been more true during COVID, you know, where we were all 
in uh, confined to our offices and wearing masks and maybe working from home or under quarantine or at risk to go to work. We, we had at least eight or nine pathologists who were in situations where they couldn't come to work. And if you saw, like, because we were able to successfully implement digital pathology prior to COVID, we were able to use it, you know, in real time. We were able to uh, consult each other. We were able to get our work done. We were able to make use of the CMS waiver to extend your home office uh, facility to sign out and you know do validations and do sign outs from home. So it's been really helpful because one application triggers more applications. So my advice to people who want to get into it is don't think big right away if you can't afford it. Think small, show the value, create a value, make market it and, and build on it. Excellent. And perhaps one last question since we are running out of time. What would you say to those Hello? pathologists who uh, are afraid of artificial intelligence? In that, that's called as a consequence of being digital, then you start using algorithms and stuff. You know, I came from private practice and, and well, it's not, not only private practice, but any, everywhere pathologists have some degree of fear that AI can take over our uh, way of living. What, do, what would you say to no, I, I would say, I would say, don't be afraid of it. Think of it just as a tool, just like I, immunohistochemistry or molecular diagnostics or next-gen sequencing. Whenever in pathology we are confronted with new uh, evolving and disruptive technologies, we are afraid that these will take over. I remember like when IHCs were first starting out, people were afraid of IHCs, you know, like anybody can order an IHC, an oncologist can order ER, PR, or PSA. They don't need pathologists anymore. And that's not true. You know, so build your expertise, build your domain, build your knowledge bank, and make the technology do the things that take time for you. You know, like Giovanni doesn't have to spend all this time to count neuroendocrine nuclei or key 67 positive nuclei and neuroendocrine carcinomas he can spend that time to actually do things which he was actually went to med school for. You know, not just count things, but actually make a diagnosis, make an impact on patient care. So technologies are just tools and AI is another way of actually leveraging your diagnosis and extending it beyond the glass slide. So you're, you're actually entering into a world where now these tools are helping you make a better diagnosis. You know, there have been a number of studies that have shown that AI alone is not perfect. Pathologists alone is not perfect. But if you combine the two, they can complement each other's knowledge. They can actually support a better diagnosis and they can actually decrease your error rate. They can increase your accuracy. And I can, I can think of 10 studies right now, the back of my mind where this has actually happened and been demonstrated. So there will be a day in the future where your monitor will have an H&E slide and you will circle that H&E slide and you'll press that area and a computer-aided algorithm will analyze that area, you know, count things for you, find H. pylori for you, you know, and make it really in the context of the patient. So on your left-hand side, you will have the patient's information. On the right-hand side, you will have your, all your apps. So it'll be the smartphone of the future where you will make the diagnosis in real time. You will actually 
this this to me is the most exciting part. So I'm actually not afraid. I want to this to happen today. I wanted this to happen yesterday. And once I see the future, I want to live in it. And I wish I could still be practicing pathology. I know you both will be. I might not, but I wish that day will come soon. Where this is a, this, and this is not far off. We we already have some of these tools in our in our bucket. We just have to marry the clinical side to the research side. The computational pathology scientists and the practicing pathologists need to work together and merge. And really, that's when we'll see the real power of computational and digital pathology. So I'm excited for the future. I think that it's very excited indeed. Yeah, I think that's about as powerful as we can we we can get to end this conversation for now. Dr. Parwani, it was a pleasure interviewing you. We hope that we'll have you on in the future again to continue the conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk about the future, talk about what you've got going on at Ohio State, which you, what we've got going on at the Digital Pathology Association, and we'll look forward to that. Yeah, I'm excited. So like I, I hope everyone will attend future Digital Pathology Association meetings, become a member. It's an exciting time for this field and we need more members, more pathologists, more residents, more trainees to join the DPA because this is one place where all of us excited about these technologies can come together and create a new vision, a new roadmap to the future. So thank you for having me as your guest and I look forward to future discussions with both of you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you.